in a lot of ways, I think the United States government has lost its will to do hard things, to make hard decisions, and to particularly do hard things that impact everyday people, working people, poor people, struggling people. And what happens is, no matter who's in office, if it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or even Barack Obama, which I know is a sin for many of you, including some people in my own house, to have even a mild critique of President Obama. But what happens is our government over time, having lost its will to do genuinely hard things, what happens is when you have a literal insurrection at the Capitol, a takeover of the Capitol nearly one year ago today, our government still appears to be truly unwilling to do the hard thing there. Let me unpack and explain what I mean. I have a story to tell you as well. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. We're now nearing the one-year anniversary of the the riots (laughs) at the American Capitol, uh, the insurrection at the the American Capitol, the the break-in and takeover of the American Capitol. And what's clear to me, there, there was a path that I thought we were going to go down. In some ways, you know, 2021, in some ways it flew by. But when you begin to unpack everything that happened in every month, it was a year packed with a lot of very important and sometimes disturbing and problematic moments. But if you can go back in your mind to January of 2021, January 6th of 2021, And remember what it looked like live at the time to see thousands and thousands of almost exclusively white men and women. There were some other people sprinkled in there, but thousands and thousands of Trump supporters to storm and take over the American Capitol. I mean, I was speechless and most Americans from whatever political persuasion, like it's something that we had never seen in our lifetime. And it's generally something that you will never see in any nation's lifetime. For the capital of a country to be stormed and taken over with 125 police officers injured, multiple deaths, taking over the literal capital from the actual chambers to people's offices, to see that in any country anywhere in the world 
is virtually unheard of. And traditionally, what it has meant is the collapse of a nation. At when you see, I remember the white man, I don't, I don't remember his name, the white man who went into Nancy Pelosi's office and sat in her chair and put his feet up on her desk and wrote her a note. Like, generally, when you see that, when you see people storming the actual chambers of, con- uh, of Congress, of breaking through windows and doors, the country has collapsed. And I thought wrongly. I thought the response was going to be way more serious than what we've actually seen. Now, you, you may not recall my coverage of the riots and insurrection and takeover at the Capitol. But I remember at the time just saying, like, hold on, why are these people not being stopped? And then when they were let go, I remember saying, like, hold on, why did the Washington, D.C. police or the Capitol police not form a perimeter around the Capitol and say, listen, we gave y'all space to do the craziness that you just did. But now you're surrounded and we're arresting all of you. Instead, not only was everybody able to storm the Capitol, they were all also able to storm themselves right out of the Capitol. We've now had, even as of yesterday, new people are still being arrested, still being charged. We've had about 750 arrests. It appears that there were thousands of people who participated. So it's likely that thousands of people will never be held accountable. In great part because the entire security apparatus of the American capital failed. Yes, there were heroic moments, and God bless those men and women who, who put their lives on the line to protect senators and congresspeople and to protect their peers. But by and large, the entire security apparatus of the American Capitol completely failed. And we were very close, I believe, to congresspeople being killed as well. Had certain doors and certain perimeters not been completely protected, I think they would have stormed literal offices with Congress people in them, and they might have killed folk. Whatever the case, after it was all said and done, there was a part of me that expected when Joe Biden took office, when Democrats took office uh, when Joe Biden took over the White House and Democrats took over the House and the Senate with Vice President Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote. There was a real part of me that thought Democrats are going to drop the hammer here. Like people stormed the Capitol. The American Capitol was taken over. Lives were lost in the months since Several Capitol police officers have killed themselves. I, I don't, I don't fully have the backstory there. I don't know if those uh, those men were clinically depressed before the insurrection, 
or if it was guilt or shame from the insurrection. I, I don't know the backstory there. Suicide is high among police officers in general. But the hammer hasn't been dropped. And not only that, but leading conservatives who are being subpoenaed by Congress and leading conservatives who are even being subpoenaed by other state governments. Let me say what I mean. Congress has issued multiple subpoenas to men and women who have just said, no, I'm not coming. I'm not going. And the first was Steve Bannon and he was held in contempt. And that is what it is. But now multiple other people following Bannon's lead have said, I don't care that you've subpoenaed me. I'm not going. Just yesterday, the attorney general of New York, Tish James, attorney general Tish James from Brooklyn, uh, a great woman. Tish James subpoenaed Donald Trump and Donald Trump Jr. and Ivanka Trump for a separate case here in New York. And my understanding is that they just said, no, we're not. We're not coming. We're not going to. We're not participating in that. And it brings back to my mind a statement that I just said. Normally, when you see a capital being stormed anywhere in the world, it signals a failure or a collapse of that government. And what we're seeing in some ways is a slow motion failure of the American government to hold powerful people to the rule of law such that people are being subpoenaed and just saying, no, I'm not coming. I don't care what you say. It literally doesn't matter to me. I'm not coming. You can do whatever you want to do with that subpoena, but it doesn't matter to me. And what I know is if I ignored a subpoena and here I, here I am as, as a person of some type of means and influence, even if I ignored it, I'm in trouble. I know for sure if the majority of my listeners ignored a subpoena, you would be in jail that afternoon. You absolutely would. And what we're seeing here is in some ways the reality that the American government never was never built and was never intended to hold powerful people accountable. And it's never, in a lot of ways, yes, we've seen some, uh, you know, some attempts to hold Trump accountable. You know, we saw some attempts in Bill Clinton's presidency or, or Richard Nixon's presidency to hold them accountable. But what we see is the government was never really built to hold powerful people accountable. It was really built to keep powerful people in power and to keep everybody else out of power. And in a lot of ways, it is a part of what I think is a, a, a deeply problematic trend in this country an inability for the government to do hard things. The United, and here's what I mean by this. The United States is the only 
developed nation in the world that doesn't have universal health care. The United States has an enormous immigration crisis where millions and millions of people who clearly should be on a path to legal immigration continue to be held in limbo or held in a status where their legality is in question. And the majority of all Americans want that fixed, but it's not fixed. Here we are now in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. And in New York, it is not only extremely difficult to get tested, but you're now told that it may be five to seven to 10 days before you get your results back. Which is to say, like, hold on, I may have the coronavirus, but not actually get the results for five to seven to 10 days, which is supposed to be the incubation period for the virus itself. It's, it is a failure to do hard things. And I remember, I'll close with this story. I was, I was a teenage boy. I was a student, a young man, a young student at Morehouse College. And uh, my mentor and a brother who was my hero at the time was a history professor named Kurt Young. And uh, I wanted to run for student government president. And at that time, Kurt was a revolutionary brother, you know, he, he, he taught us about revolutionary African movements. And I told Kurt that I wanted to run. And Kurt told me, he said, man, don't do that. He said, Sean, the things that you stand for, he said, it's like oil and water, like what you're going to be fighting for. And what the people in that position are actually supposed to do don't really mix. And he said, I, I actually just saw it with a student that he was mentoring uh, at Morris Brown College. And he said, listen, I just saw it with him and it just doesn't work. You can't have a revolutionary man in a government system. It's oil and water and it doesn't mix. And I ignored Kurt and ran and I won and almost immediately found that Kurt was right. <laughs> and of course he was right. And of course, as a teenage boy, I ignored him. But I never forgot the lesson. And in some ways, these positions of power, whether student leadership or local office or national office, in a lot of ways, those positions were built to protect the status quo. They weren't built to change it. Listen, I've got to run. Love and appreciate all of you. Of course, I'll be right back here tomorrow unpacking some important news stories. If you're not yet a member of the North Star, if you love this podcast, please join right now at thenorthstar.com. Take care, everybody. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day. We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist? Retirement Savings? Investment 101? We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening 
but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Mom.